quite work out for those of you online, but it will be as soon as the service is over because I will make sure that gets fixed. So give me about an hour, hour and a half, and it will be fixed online as well. Um, just because it'll take about an hour and a half for it to upload. <laughs> but uh, what a wonderful blessing it is. So if you are joining us online and missed that, you'll get to come back and see that. And for those of you who, who got baptized and would like to see yourself get dunked, it'll be there as well. Uh, now, I, I think about that, you know, I was nine when it happened, and we didn't have that kind of stuff. I'd love to have, be able to see myself get baptized. How many of you guys that have been baptized would love to have, go back and have that memory? I would love that. That'd be, that would be exciting. Um, so if you want to... You know, record a, a recording of it. Talk to Mr. Rob back there. He can get it to you as well. Um, we are going to continue in the book of Acts, though, uh, as we travel through the book of Acts. What a wonderful blessing that has been as we continue to talk about how God, the Holy Spirit, is moving through the people and moving out into the world as they are going out and baptizing people in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. What a blessing that is. Today's passage, we see Luke describe a major conference, a major gathering that's happening in Jerusalem that the church is starting to say, well, what do we do as life happens? Thing we got what Jesus isn't here to tell us what to do anymore. How do we handle situations like the Gentiles who have coming to the faith? <coughs> and they have to deal with this issue. All these Gentiles, Paul and Barnabas, have been very influential in telling people about Jesus. They took seriously what Jesus said: "Go into all the nations, right, baptizing them in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit, teaching them to to walk in My ways." They took it serious. They went to all nations. They didn't, say, they didn't stop in Judea. They went all nations. They, they took it serious. And so they're working, and it's being very influential in this process. And so it says certain people come and are telling them things that Paul and Barnabas didn't. Now, we don't know who these certain people are. In my mind, they feel like Pharisees. So very well may have been Pharisees that accepted Jesus Christ. They're Jewish Pharisees and they accept Jesus Christ. And so they, they said, well, and they've got a, a logical argument going on, right? Jesus is a Jew. Paul, Barnabas, Jews. Why shouldn't they first become a Jew, then follow the Jewish Messiah? And it makes a lot of sense for them because at this time, there's not Christianity and then Judaism. It's one religion. Jesus is the Messiah promised by the Old Testament, the Hebrew Bible, the Jewish Bible. And they say, well, we're going to follow along with the law of Moses. And these Christians... They, 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 they say, well, we're going to have to have them become part of the Jewish faith, which is actually a very difficult process. You can't just wake up and say, I'm a Jew. Well, I guess you could, but no one in the Jewish faith is going to believe you. <laughs> 
you have to go through the process. Unless you are born part of the Jewish ethno-religious community, they're not going to accept you. You have to go through the process of becoming part of the religion. And it's not an easy process. And so they're doing this argument, is, do we make them become Jews or not? Do we make them follow the Mosaic law or not? Not that the Mosaic law is bad. The law of Moses, the Old Testament, is not bad. Jesus himself didn't say, I come to overthrow it and get rid of it, even though that's sometimes how we treat it. He says, I come to fulfill it. But what making them, Paul and Barnabas will argue against making them become Jews on really two major points. One, this would limit how many people become Christians. It would guarantee that Christianity would stay a Jewish sect, but it would also say that this isn't for the world, it's for us. Jesus isn't for y'all, it's for us. And if you want to join us, then you have to join us. And a lot of Gentiles would not go through that process. In fact, some of the things that identify Jews as Jews, Paul argues the things that we shouldn't follow, These are the things that were the most offensive to many of the Gentiles. And things like circumcision. Eight days old is one thing. 32, something else. (laughs) But on top of that, these Judaizers, we, we call them, were trying to make this religion based on corrupt teachings of God. Let me see. Let me explain that. Judaism is a faith-based religion. It is. If you read the Old Testament, God wants your heart. He wants you to follow Him with faith, and through grace you are saved. It's in there. And every time that Judaism messes it up, they turn it into a works-based religion. When you do the work, you get to go to heaven. Read like Isaiah or Jeremiah. It's one of the biggest things they're complaining about. Why the nation is falling is because you've turned your hearts away from him. You're still doing all the sacrifices, but your hearts aren't following him. And by making them go through the religious working practice of Judaism, they're taking away the grace aspects of Jesus Christ. Amen. 
Acts 15, 10 through 11 says, So now, why are you putting God to the test by placing, the next of, uh, placing on the next of the disciple a yoke that neither our fathers nor we have been able to follow? Look at that. We can't keep the law. We grew up this way. Why are we trying to put it on people that did not grow up with this? We can't follow it. Why are we trying to put it on everybody else? Hmm. Of course, that reminds me of a lot of things we do, doesn't it, to you? <coughs> I mean, excuse me. We, we have this problem where we like to uh, make everyone else follow rules we're supposed to be following. You know? Why? Because it's easier on us. It has nothing to do with them. It makes it easier on us. We're supposed to follow, so it's good for everybody. Uh, let me think of a good example of this. Uh, I'll think of an old one so you guys don't get offended. I'm not bringing in politics. Blue laws. How many of you guys are old enough to remember blue laws? You heard of those? Those are where things were shut down on Sundays. Things weren't open on Sundays. Stores were closed. Restaurants were closed. You were supposed to be resting. You couldn't go fill up your car. Couldn't put gas in your lawnmower. It was closed. Why was it closed? Well, because the nation decided that, uh, you know, the, the Christian majority said, well, if it's good for us, it's good for everybody. I'll tell you what happened. Is the people that weren't Christian said, why should we follow these rules you guys are supposed to be following? And they started opening up. And then guess who was the first person in line so they didn't have to eat? They didn't have, I don't have to cook. I'll have someone else cook. It was good for them I don't, when it was law. But now I'm supposed to be resting. You guys aren't, so I'm going to go eat with, you know, in the restaurant. It's because I'm supposed to rest. doesn't mean you have to rest. Yeah, I mean, I know some of you guys were excited when I started preaching shorter sermons so you could beat the Catholics to the restaurant. Like, we can't follow these rules. Let's make everyone else follow these rules so that maybe we can get away with it. And Paul argues something. He says, we can't do this to them. He said, instead, let's list some of the major things that they need to follow. And there's a list there. But what this list is, is things that would have kept them, it would, one, keep the Gentiles and the Jewish people at peace with each other. But two, these were things that were majorly associated with other religions, like sex. We often think of sex as sex. But in the ancient world, a lot of ancient religion was tied up in sex. Fertility worship, it was part of the ancient religions. Or eating meat sacrificed to idols. And with the blood and... These things would have been, we need to keep you, one, you guys need to get away from those religions that you were part of and follow Christ. But two, we also need to have some things where we keep some peace in this. Because it's about Jesus Christ. In truth, as we read this passage, we see that Paul was making a much bigger claim here. You can't pay off your debt. No law is going to fix that. 
You can't pay that off. We know that the Bible says, because Paul writes it, says, for his grace you've been saved through faith, not by works, so that no one may boast. Now he's taking ideas from the Old Testament when he says this. But yet, I think of all the times that we try to do this ourselves. We try to become rule followers. Instead of following the ruler, the king of kings, Lord of lords, we focus, focus on the, the rules. The rules that say things like, I can't preach barefoot and with long hair. Yes, you can. <laughs> we like rules. Rules are one of those things that keep us comfortable. And I'm not saying we need to get rid of the rules. They're not all bad. In fact, those rules were put there for a, plan, a, a purpose. But when we become focused on the rule, it keeps us from moving forward in God's will. We get settled in up against those rules. They become our backrest, and we can just follow the rules. Why? Because they're the rules. It's like traditions, right? Traditions are wonderful, as long as you know why they're a tradition. As soon as they become, lose their purpose, then it's a bad tradition. Rules follow the same pattern. The rules are there for a reason. You know, like sexual immorality. Why shouldn't we follow se- be sexual promiscuous? It's not about judgment and punishment. That's not why God's, you know, he, his, Jesus Christ came into your life to give you grace. You cannot work your way out of that debt. Nothing you do can make God love you any more, but nothing you can do can make God love you any less. But he doesn't want us to be sexual impure. Why? Not because of something that happens in the future. This life he's given us right now is that I want you to live it to your fullest. And if we follow the path that into that sexual immorality, you know, pornography or whatever, we're talking about sex. So, you know, all those different ways, adultery, all those different paths, they lead you down a path of destruction, problems, EDs, sexual diseases, all these problems. Because God doesn't want you to go down that path. He says, don't do it. It's going to lead you to problems, so don't do it. I love the fact that we keep our eyes on heaven. We need to keep our, 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 our treasure stored up in heaven, amen? But sometimes we get so earthly focused, we forget that we live here too. And we've got to heal ourselves here too. We've got to say, why doesn't God want us to do something? Well, because it has real ramifications here. And when people break those things, not only does it have ramifications in our lives, but sin affects the people around us. How many, don't raise your hand, how many people have been hurt because someone sinned and that sin hurt you? 
Ooh. I don't know why. I guess I'm, I'm focused on sex because that's the last thing on the list, sexual morality. But, I mean, let's just talk about sex. Sexual uh, abuse in some areas of the United States, it's one out of every three women and one every out of six men will be sexually abused. Those numbers, and that's not every area, but that's many areas in the United States, those numbers are way too high. Why are they that high? Because people are choosing follow the path that leads to destruction. And it gets passed from generation to generation. God doesn't want that path for us. So we say, he says, you can't follow it. It's about grace. And so, praise God, they said, you don't have to become a Jew to receive God's grace. You know, I was thinking about this, and I think one other thing that they're doing in this passage is they're saying, you must become like us. How often do we do that, right? I'm only going to witness to people that are like me. Whatever the me is, right? Whatever your me is, you know, because we all have our biases, right? We've talked about that before. We all have our biases. Some of you, it's race, color of your skin. Some of you, it's culture or social economic. Uh, some of you guys just don't like rich people or poor people. You're like, if you don't got a house, I don't like you. Um, I mean, seriously, we all have our biases. It's how we deal with them that's the problem, that, you know, We either deal with them in God's grace because God loves those around us to all nations, he says. We either deal with them in God's eyes or we deal with our biases in our eyes. And if we're dealing with them in our eyes, guess what we're going to do? You've got to be something else before you can accept Jesus. They were Jews and said, you've got to become Jews first because it wasn't for all y'all. It was just about the Jews. And I said, no, it's not about just the Jews, it's about all nations. And I think back on history. You guys know I love history, right? I think about history, and I think all the times that religion was used because they wanted other people to become, and I, it was an excuse, they want other people to become just like me, whatever the me is whether it's social or if you don't fit in this, you don't belong. I mean, just here in the United States, right? Slavery or the, 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 uh, the uh, Spanish, uh, the, the Indian Wars, the savages, because they weren't like the Europeans. They can't accept Christ until they become like the... When Christ loves our differences... He loves the tapestry that He has made in this world. What's the unifying feature? Jesus Christ. That's why church should be an eclectic of all kinds of people. Because, and it should be a reflection of the community we live in. Because it's all the people. And we can't be focused on the me. We can't be focused on the rules. We have to be focused on the ruler, which is Jesus Christ. And as we focus on him, he's going to lead us down a path that says, I don't want you to do certain things or I want you to do certain things because I want you to have that life to its fullest. This life, not just the one to come, though that one will be better too. 
So store up your treasures in heaven, which means some of us will have more treasures than others. But it's not just about, you know, we, we focus often, do you know where you're going to go when you die? I love that you guys are thinking about where you're going to go when you die, but it's not just about that. It's about how you live here now. And I think about that. Well, what does that mean for me? And what are my next steps as I think about that? I think some of us in this room have become the rule followers. <laughs> and I'm not, don't be ashamed of it. We all do that at some points in our lives. We all fall back on those traditions, those rules, those things that make us comfortable, especially in times of trouble or when you're feeling down or when you just have lost the will to keep pushing forward. And when you get stuck there too long, that's when you become that old person or that young person that other people don't want to come to the church for, right? I don't want to come to church because they're there. You're not showing any grace that way. I don't want to be there because they're there. And we all get that way sometimes, don't we? We all fall back on our rules. And the rules are there to protect us, especially when we're down. But what we need to turn our focus on is away from those rules. Is if you get, find yourself in that position, turn away from those rules and say, not leaving them behind, but I'm focused on Jesus so that I walk forward in his path. And some of those rules you won't even need to worry about anymore because they're not part of your life anymore. I don't need that rule because it's, it's, it's back there. I don't need that rule because it's back there. I'm going to walk forward. And God will introduce some new rules to your life because you're entering new territory. You know, that cliff, don't jump off that one. That fruit, don't eat it yet. You're not ready. That one leads to death. Stay away from it. We focus on Christ. And I think that's one of the biggest things we need to do as we walk forward in Christ is we say, well, where are you leading? And what should I shouldn't be doing? What do I need to leave behind? Sometimes it's people we need to leave behind, right? We talked about what two weeks ago about shaking the dirt off your feet because some people are just toxic. I can't be around you. And maybe you'll be around them later. But right now, I can't be around you. I need to be focused on healing. And sometimes it's, uh, you know, and Christ gives us paths. Uh, this is, okay, I need you to follow this path. Maybe it's down the path of forgiveness. And I say path because a lot of times we treat forgiveness like it's, okay, I'm forgiven, I forgive you, and it's over. That's not how forgiveness works, is it? You still have that bitterness, that hurt, that aggression, the anger that you have to work through and every day choose to forgive. Like grief, right? Every day sometimes you have to work through the grief all over again. That's why we have the program, and I'm so grateful for those who lead it, the Grief Share Program. Because it's such a wonderful, we have to work through these things. We have to work through our forgiveness. We have to walk, work through our hurts. And it's a path we take. We follow the journey. Hell is not a destination. It's a path we take. We lead down the path that's away from the fullness of Christ. 
it's not just there, it's here. Just like heaven isn't just there, it's here. And so our next steps have to be focused on our, am I focused on God? Am I focused on the ruler? You online, are you focused on the ruler? That is Jesus Christ. Maybe focusing on the rules have been part of your life too long. Maybe you've been focused on the hurts too long. I think sometimes about how the Bible has been used to hurt people because it's a rule book. And I've seen too many people come to my office that don't have anything to Christ because they got beat with the rule book. When it's not about a rule book. It's about the life-giving blood of Jesus Christ. So as we close, I want to ask God that we draw close to Him and that we focus on the laws that affect us as a community, as a town, but as individuals as well, and that we grow together as disciples of Christ, walking so close to Him that the dust, His dust, we're not shaking off His dust, His dust gets spattered on us. We're walking so close that as He walks, that dust is kicking up on our feet. That's how close I want to be. Father God, I praise you today, Lord. Lord, I ask that you will help us to be focused on you. Give us those rules that we need to follow to be focused on you and get rid of the things that take away that focus to keep us safe. But Lord, help us to be focused on you so that we're not putting those rules on people that they're not for, they're for us. As a community, as a church, as a as, uh, as individuals, help us to be focused just on you. We want to be so close to you, Lord, that the dust kicks up on us. We want to be walking that close to you as disciples. So, Lord, help us to disciple. Help us to make disciples and be discipled ourselves as we walk in you. Give us your vision that we may see. Give us your words that we may hear. And give us tongues that we may speak the truth. As we focus on you, In this world, our eyes fixed on you up into heaven. In Jesus' name I pray, amen.